Hello, Christian travelers. Today on episode two, we'll be talking about my solo trip to Europe and the kind of sporadic, crazy start it had. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. episode one, I talked a little bit about how the Christian Travelers Network started, and I mentioned a trip to Europe. And now I want to tell you a little bit about how that trip came into being. I had been planning to do a year-long trip around the globe. I know that's crazy and takes a lot of budgeting, but I was planning to do a lot of workaway trips where you stay with someone, you work four or five days of the week for about four hours a day. And in exchange, you get housing. Um, Sometimes you even get some meals. And as a result, I thought I would be able to travel for an extended period of time, maybe not see a ton of things, but see a lot more than I could have and maybe visit one place a month. Well, I'm very blessed to be in a relationship now, which I wasn't when I had first started planning this trip. And The relationship was relatively new at that point, and I didn't want to go ditch it because it has been such a blessing from God to be in a relationship with Josh. So I decided to shorten my trip, and I moved to Iowa to be semi-closer to him. We're still in a long-distance relationship, but I'm doing a job that I really enjoy, serving at church with their youth programs and helping connect people through Bible studies. So this trip that I was planning, I wanted to visit Germany and Czech Republic because that's where my dad and mom's side of the family come from. So I planned it to visit all the Rethwish villages, that's my dad's side, and a few towns in the Czech Republic. And I even was going to drive on the Autobahn. I did. Um, And I scratched up a car along the way. But today I'm going to focus on how I got there. I went to Texas for a friend's wedding and immediately after I flew out. And when I was flying out, I went to Pittsburgh and there was a big rainstorm that hit. So I got delayed by four or five hours, made it from there to Iceland. And almost everyone on my flight, we got a second flight scheduled, but it was the next day. And I instantly was making plans of all these things I was going to do in Iceland But they're like, yeah, you're one of the few that we managed to get out of here yet today. So I had like a half day and I went out and I took a taxi, which was kind of sketch. You should probably not solo a taxi. There's a lot of people that can pose as taxi drivers, um, but are involved in sex trafficking. Uh, But I went out and I walked along the beaches and explored some beautiful sites, but everything was closed and none of the restaurants or stores open in Iceland until 1130. And I did get ripped off by the taxi cab driver, but that was okay. Um, I made it through there safely, and then I had to figure out how to get back because I didn't have cell service. My plan had been I'd go... I'd get to Germany and just use Wi-Fi to figure out how to get place to place. But I'm too much of a control freak. That ended up freaking me out a lot. 
And to get back to the airport, I saw this lady who appeared to be dressed business professional. And I asked her to uh, call the taxi company and give me a ride back to the airport. And after like a minute on the phone, she's like, yeah, I'm just going to drive you to the airport. So I got in a car with a complete stranger and she took me back to the airport and she told some really amazing stories about her community and just some of the geographical things that I was seeing, like the rocks I'd been walking on all day were actually lava, you know, that had become solid um, and just different things like that. And there wasn't a lot of lush trees and things because apparently that was the desert, but it was still semi-green. It was just like winter green, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like maybe 50 degrees outside and I didn't have any kind of coat or anything on, so I was a little cold. Anyway, I made it back to the airport safely and that was kind of one of those God moments where I just got to connect with people that I wouldn't have had I stayed where I was at. Anyway, made it back to the airport, flew from there on to Frankfurt, and then on to Berlin. And so I ended up showing up in Berlin 12 hours after I was supposed to, and I was supposed to meet my Airbnb host at her place two hours before, so at 9 rather than 11 p.m. Airports are very frantic as they are, uh, let alone when you're in a place where majority are speaking English but there's a lot of other languages going around in there and and I went and I knew I needed to figure out how to get to my destination so I pulled up on my computer because my phone wouldn't connect to the airport wi-fi I pulled up their website and googled how to get to my airbnb and then I took my camera on my phone and took pictures of that map and the route And so with my passport hanging around my neck, I left the airport and went up to a kiosk and got a bus ticket. But I had no idea. Like, was this a short trip? Was it a long trip? How do you quantify that? I had no idea. I got on a bus that had the right names and I was like glued to my phone because my only other experiences with bus systems has been in Portland, Oregon. And you just had to kind of know when you were there and you pulled a little red rope on the side of the bus and that's how you signaled to the driver you wanted to get off. In Germany, they stop at every single stop, which was really nice. And so I managed to get off and get to my first stop. And it was this train track and it was a tram station, I guess. And it just was covered in graffiti and it was late at night and I stood out, again, passport hanging around my neck, luggage in my arms, and have you seen the movie Lions? I really would recommend it. It's about this Indian boy who fell asleep on a train and got separated from his family and grew up and never really knew where he came from and spent his whole life trying to figure out how to get back to the village that he grew up in. That's honestly what I felt like was going to happen. I just... I was so paranoid, Um, and I know we were supposed to be trusting God this whole time and handing it over to him, but all those cautionary tales were just kind of swamping me, and I felt really overwhelmed and frightened. Well, I made it from there to the next stop and the next stop, and when I got off, I zoomed in on my little picture on my phone, and it said, walk 10 minutes to your destination. 
but I hadn't zoomed in on the map to see what the route was when I took the picture. And I didn't have cell service again, so I decided to brave it, and I went up to a stranger and said, this is the address I need to be at. How do I get there? And he just looked at me and said, that's not an address. My heart could have just stopped right there because how, how do I get, yeah. He's like, I can at least point you to that road. He recognized the street name. So he pointed me out of the station, up a little road to the right, and I start walking down the road, and there's little shops and things, but then I get to this stop sign, and ahead of me is a pitch black park, and there's some tall buildings around me, and this is when the tears started, because fear was just really gripping my heart. I didn't know where to go. I started looking up to see if any of the signs said hotel, but I don't even know if that's the word in German, you know? It could be so many other things, and I wouldn't know it. And then I thought maybe I could call a taxi to take me to the closest hotel, but again, no cell service. So I keep walking, and I'm hoping that maybe there's numbers on the buildings or something that will tell me I'm in the right direction. I get halfway through that park, and it is pitch black. I can hardly see my hand in front of my face. And I pass this bench and I hadn't even noticed the people sitting there, but they're laughing now. And I just felt incredibly uncomfortable. So I stopped and I turn around and I saw two buildings with their lights on. I think one might have been like a grocery store and one was a bar. And it occurred to me that the bar would have Wi-Fi. So I walk in and again, I'm... <laughs> naive little Midwestern, they're all smoking hookahs. This is not my comfort zone at all, but they get me the Wi-Fi password and I message my Airbnb host and she's gracious enough to come out and walk me to my bed for the night, you know, walk me to her apartment. And it was a really incredible moment just trusting God and it felt like, God, you got me through maybe the scariest part of my trip thus far, which had been the whole beginning, um, but you got me here, and I can trust you with the next two weeks. And homesickness and fears really were a constant battle for me on my trip, and I know when we travel, we want it to be this positive, joyful experience. There's a lot of things that we can talk about travel, but fear sometimes plays a part. And that's kind of where I wanted to start off this week and kind of introduce you to who I am and some of my travel experiences. And with that, I would like to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read a little bit about anxiety and just fear in general. Um, we can experience it in travel, but we can experience it in other parts of life. And I want us to kind of dig into what scripture says about those fears. If you would follow along, we're going to read verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? 
and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This passage is primarily talking about food, clothing, and shelter. But when we travel, this can also apply. Because anxiety and fears can be associated with travel as well. Like I was worrying about making it to my destination and having shelter, there are many things that we can worry about while traveling. Whether or not our clothing will make it with us on the plane, whether or not we'll be able to exchange our money to the correct currency and be able to have food, whether or not we'll make it to our destination where our Airbnb or hotel is already lined up. But when we're so focused on worrying, it's a lot harder to enjoy the little blessings that God is giving us when we travel. The few hours that it took me to get there were a lot of worry because I was traveling solo and I didn't have cell service. But God promises us that he is with us no matter what. And we have to trust that promise. It's not always easy to do so while traveling. Even just traveling to work and traveling out for errands, there can be a lot of anxiety. Will the kids behave? Will I have enough income this week to buy all my groceries? What if I run into someone else who's in need? Do I give my money to them or do I need to support and sustain my family first and foremost? There's a lot that we can worry about and when we worry about the future when we worry what the future will hold it looks like a really really big mountain something that we clearly cannot get up but God gives us 24 hours to control at any given point in time he doesn't give us years and years of in advance that we get to control he gives us 24 hours to take care of and to work for his glory In those 24 hours, you go up a small hill, and then the next day, it's another small hill and another small hill, and when you look back, you realize that you made it up this mountain that didn't seem climbable, but with God, it was because it was incremental, it was gradual. He was with you the whole time, and he lifted you over those rocky parts, and he guides you every single day. And I really like that verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. No matter what you experience while traveling, I hope that it's a wonderful, joyful experience for you the whole way through. But when things don't go as planned, which travel says they will not always, I pray that you will find peace and comfort in the fact that God has given you this day and is already taking care of the next.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I would encourage you to visit our website, christiantravelers.net. Check out some of the resources there. And when you subscribe to our podcast, you'll be entered in a giveaway for a book by Peter Greer called Travel in Tandem with God's Heart and some travel stickers by WonderfullyMay.art. They'll be joining us on our podcast in a few weeks, so I'd encourage you to subscribe and share this podcast with some of your friends. Also, if you head over to our Facebook page, you can join in the discussion about this podcast and other travel tips, devotions, and praying for other travelers out there. And lastly, if you head over to our Instagram you can join us in sharing travel photos and stories. That's all for today. And if you have any questions, I hope you would just shoot me a message. My info is at christiantravelers.net. And for now, God's blessings and safe travels.